1: And hello, movie lovers. So today, Charlie and I are going to be doing our top 10 best and worst films of 2022. And by the way, I just want to point this out before we even get started. A little disclaimer here. Just because our list looks different than your list does not mean that we're right or wrong. There's no right or wrong answers when you're doing a top 10 list or anything like that. All films are subjective to how you look at a film and how we look at a film just because of the fact that we may have different tastes and what you like it doesn't mean that your list sucks or anything it just means that you know our list might have actually overshadowed some of your stuff on your list or your stuff might have overshadowed some of ours so if you do have a top 10 list or top 5 list comment in, in the comment section or even afterwards and tell us what your top 5 or top 10 list is so with that being said let's go ahead let's get started with our top 10 best and worst films of 2020. hey charlie how's it been going for you
2: i'm alright. right how you doing john
1: doing good are you excited to talk about our best and worst films of 2022 it is the season of doing this it's always an honor to be able to do this and everything every year now so
2: yeah i mean there's movies that we need to talk about um and we'll get into my worst list but i'll definitely know um There might be some explicit content because I'm going off on a movie. I'll just say that. You're about to find out.
1: (laughs) Well, last year you went off on Space Jam 2. And Tom and Jerry. And Tom and Jerry. So Tom and Jerry wasn't even safe. The mice and mouse duo wasn't even safe for me.
2: Oh, no. no, Nothing was safe last year. I guess the power of HBO Max and the day in and that. So it's like, cool. I didn't have to spend money. The only thing that was wasted was my time. But no, there's – I don't have a – just let everybody know. I don't have a tie this year my worst movie but this movie it, it, it is very warranted of a rant just to yeah. let you know
1: <laughs> and f- another thing i want to do is i want to say hi to ben thank you so much for commenting i do appreciate that showing your support thank you guys go ahead and check out ben's channel as well he does a fantastic job at um the geekdom channel over there so let's go on ahead um so i'm gonna dive into my number 10 if that's okay with you sounds good okay so going to my best movies. So, number 10. Oh, hello, Malcolm's Middle Earth Media. How are you doing? And so, today, I'm actually this is what I'm going to be diving into here. Okay, So, I'll go, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is my number 10. And I'm not going to go into specifics as to why I have this as my number 10. There's going to be certain things I'm going to say because tomorrow night I'm doing a spoiler review with Josh. But, I will just have to say, if you the first 20 minutes is why I was actually engaged within this Pinocchio animated film directed by Guillermo del Toro. Number one, you have the characterization of Geppetto doing the origin story of Geppetto, knowing where his son came from, knowing that he's mourning over his son, and that's the reason why he's making the puppet, which was so much a better film than that. We'll, we'll get into this. Then The Disney version of Pinocchio, which is the one that I really didn't like as much and that's all i'm going to say if you are wanting to see a good adaptation of an animated style film directed by Guillermo del toro and you're like pinocchio i recommend pinocchio because of the first 20 minutes i setup set up is it's exquisite it's awesome i really love the first 20 minutes
2: Yep. all right my number 10 i also have a streaming a netflix movie i got the gray man this movie is awesome like, I, I love this movie. It was this, it was Ryan. If anybody doesn't know, the gray man is directed by the Russo brothers. So, if you don't know who the Russo brothers is, you've probably have not seen a Marvel movie. So, anyway, they, the the gray man stars uh, Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, got a big cast, Ana de Amos, um, uh like uh, uh, some of the person from Bridgerton, I forgot the name. Um, anyway, this movie was awesome. This is it was fast, and it was like if you add Fast and the Furious plus the Warner Soldier, you get this movie. With some crack added to it. Anyway, this this movie's absolutely insanely awesome. Gosling's a badass. Chris Evans with the porno trash dash as he called him named Lloyd. He's not. If you think he's going to be all Captain America, oh no. He 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 kicked Captain America's ass and stole uh and 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 stole his identity. He is a sociopathic, violent person that all he does wants to do is bring violence. Like you want to, he's like one of the lines, like you want to break a couple of legs, you got to kill a bunch of people. Like, it's just the action in this movie is, it was awesome. The great man for me, it was awesome. I loved it. The action sequences were this awesome. Ryan Gosling was great. Anna de Amis was, was just absolutely fantastic. She's just a badass, and I'm glad that she's supposed to be in the new John Wick spinoff Ballerina because she needs more roles in the actiony thing. Um, I thought some of the dialogue was hilarious. Like, are you hurt? No, my ego's a little bruised. Like this, this, that kind of stuff. It's like, it, it worked for me. It didn't work for everybody else, but I don't care. Gray Man is just awesome. And that's why it's my number 10.
1: (laughs) You see, I'm with Malcolm on this though, too. The Gray Man, this movie should have been better than what it was. I was, he was disappointed by it. And for me, I don't have this as my worst movies because there's plenty of movies that are worse than the others, right? -hmm. But the now there is one scene within this movie that I liked, and that was the flashlight fight scene in this in the film that I thought that was really cool with this. And I didn't really feel like that the that stunt work, that coordination coordinating or anything like that. I just felt like that was actually the best part of the movie was the flashlight fight scene. Other than that, I just felt like the fight choreography was a little off. When it came down to some of the other parts of of that, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So the humor just didn't work for me as much as I wanted to. Yes, Goslin plays it smooth. He is supposed to be that smooth badass guy, so he definitely captures the smooth badass of that character. It's just that certain parts of the film just didn't land as hard as as it landed for you, that you loved. But still, I understand why you would put that as your number 10. So I, I totally understand that. Um, let's see here. Mel, Malcolm also says, but all movies are such. So like, exactly, exactly. Uh, Malcolm also says, I do a worst movie list myself, but this movie wouldn't be on it. It most definitely it's not. And like I said, there's plenty of other worst movies out there that overshadows this movie and it's not even in a worst I, I would just put this in like a disappointed pile list if you're disappointed with it and not in a worst list because there's such thing as worst movies and a disappointed movie in my opinion so okay so now i'm going to get into my number 9 and my number 9 is hustle which is an adam sandler film i really love this film in the ne- and the it's a netflix movie but the reason why I like this film is the fact that I got tired of Adam Sandler being in comedies. I wanted him to do more dramas. And I like, I loved uh, that last movie that he did that was a really good drama. And that was uh, Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems was a good film. He did a really good job with his drama. This one, he pulls on his drama but also lands on his comedy as well. And it's very subtle to the point where you can actually laugh out loud. It's not like an over top character or anything like that. And of course it's dealing with basketball and trying to be a scout and also trying to juggle his family life at the same time as trying to do his uh, scouting career. So i really loved Adam Sandler in this movie. I hands down, this movie will pull on your heartstrings. Not only that, but I thought the chemistry at first with Queen Latifah and him didn't really jive out that well. But then, after a couple more viewings and actually seeing it, I really thought that they did have the chemistry. They really jived up well together. I really thought that he's actually this character that you can actually root for because he's actually an underdog within this film itself. And also, too, you're also dealing with other players who's hoping to be part of this team, part of a basketball team, who's also an underdog that he actually gets. So you're rooting for two characters to succeed in this movie, and that's one of the beautiful things about Hustle is the fact that they're both hustling to get what they want. So I really loved it. What about you, though, Charlie? I mean, is, does this rank up there for anything, or did you like Hustle, or did you not see it? I haven't seen it.
2: Okay. Yeah, I, it's I, it's been, I've seen so much other stuff, this one, and I just, it slipped by. I just didn't see it.
1: Which is totally understandable. This this year has been stacked with movies anyway.
2: Alright, my number is- nine um I got this a lot lower than most people would have and that's fine. Top Gun Maverick it's my number 9. Um I was going to say I did not like the first one. I don't f- and I and I watched the first one again before I saw Top Gun Maverick to see if it holds up. It doesn't. It doesn't. I just thought it was too cheesy. Sure the stunts were cool. The PG PG sex scene Shirtless beach volleyball, like like all the it was it was very fitting for the eighties. Take my breath away, it is, like it's
1: like, totally manly eighties.
2: <laughs> okay, so I didn't, and then I was like, saw the trailers for these, and like, eh, I don't know if I'll see this one. And I was like, you know what, I might as well go see this in theaters. And we did, and yeah, I liked it. I really enjoyed this one. This was a much superior movie compared to the first one. Um, the casting was great in this. I thought, uh, you know, I don't like Miles Teller. I thought he was fantastic as Goose's son. I thought, and then the stunts work was like, I mean, Laker hate Tom Cruise. You got to give the guy props. He's trying to give you the most authentic movie going experience. And me seeing the stunt in IMAX, the scene... Well, I didn't see... Like, I, like they seen the stunt in IMAX while seen an IMAX movie for the new Mission Impossible movie where he does, like, the motorcycle jump off a cliff. He jumped... Like, oh, my God. He he jumped out of a helicopter 500 times to prepare for the stunt. Like, I was like... I mean, like or hate the man. he, he
1: He's he, killing he, himself for us. It's basically yeah, he, for his... Himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: but... I mean, I thought the stunts from this were great. I mean, they only used Danger Zone once, and it was fine. They didn't oversaturate the song. I mean, it's, it's it's for me, it was entertaining. Now, am I going around saying this is maybe should be best picture of the year or Tom Cruise should win actor performances? Absolutely not. That's no, no, no. I'm not there. This was a good movie. Enjoy it for what it is. But don't go saying this movie just because it's all oh, America and patriotism. This movie deserves to win the Oscars. No, this one does not. Is it, it doesn't? Sure, it not. It got nominated for Golden Globe. Great, but I think there. I think we like. Uh, they should create a separate category for stunts or a type of movie like this. Blockbusters have that as a separate category for the Oscars, and sure, then put it on there. Um,
1: but okay. so I have this as my number two because I really love Top yeah. Gun Maverick. Yeah. And I'll explain why. Here's the thing. I liked the very first Top Gun, but it's not nostalgic for me. It's not something I grew up with and everything. There's other nostalgic 80s movies that I grew up with where I'm like hoo I'm I'm excited for a Top Gun Maverick movie. This one I was like, I don't know if I want to see a Top Gun Maverick. I don't not know. and then once I started hearing buzz around it, I'm like I have to go see Top Gun Maverick. So I went and saw the movie. I was blown away with it. Miles Teller does a fantastic job, like Charlie says, of playing uh, Goose's son, and he knocks it out of the park with the performance. And playing Great Ball, the, the ball's of fire, you actually have a new cast who also resembles this new era of people who are trying to, basically for a new audience to come in and watch a Top Gun movie. And they do a fantastic job of it. But what I like about this film is it stands on its own without having to reference Everything within the very first Top Gun movie to where it can actually stand on its own, stand on its own merit and be its own thing. And it's actually very hard to do, especially capturing something within the 80s element. Then you also have Val Kilmer back in this movie again, and he plays a very short, significant role. But at least he's in there. Iceman is in there. And I like the fact that they're using him as a plot point for Tom to actually come in to teach these kids how to do stuff. So that's something I really liked about this film and no, it does not deserve to win best Oscars or anything, but I do feel like not best picture, but maybe best sound editing and stuff like that. Yeah, I do feel like fine with. Not, I'm fine with the mixing yeah. because the mixing of the, that element is very good yeah. in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm not saying it shouldn't win Oscars. I'm saying it shouldn't win right. the biggest prize, like best actor, best that. No, oh. <laughs> it shouldn't go. We're not, let's not go crazy here yay it's nominated but let's not go super crazy like and, and like with any marvel movie oh this movie's so good it needs to be nominated no because when, because then we're going back to the problem with the dark knight not being nominated for best picture and then, then again then we're, then we're getting into a whole different category separate thing i don't want to talk about but this was good i mean i liked it i was i was really surprised with it i didn't think i'd like this but i liked this a lot better than the first one and the first, like, again, the first one, was, but yeah, the performances were great. The stunt work was awesome. And yeah, I, I that's why it's my number nine. It's a lot lower than most people, but that's fine. I mean, that's what each list is different.
1: <laughs> right. So, OK, so now I have another film and this is a film that I've been having an issue with where I should I actually put this on my list? Should I not put this on my list? Because I actually had Wakanda forever on this list. Charlie and I were both talking about this. Actually, I have Black Panther Wakanda Forever for us for my number eight, but that might be for my honorable mentions list uh, coming up when we do our own done our video for that. But when you look at this uh, this film, I thought that this film was really good. This is a very manly kind of film. If you like Vikings, if you like stuff like that, if you like uh, the Skarsgårds and stuff like that, the Northmen is actually a great movie. When it comes down to the characteristics, coming down with the characters, yes, it's dark, yes, it's grim, but it's a very manly kind of film to where you can actually come out with your adrenaline coming out of the theater and just say, you know what? I had a good time with that. I'm going to eat some chicken on the bone and just chew that chicken up and everything like a Viking and go to medieval times afterwards. That's what I can picture myself doing (laughs) after seeing this film because I really enjoyed it. It has this atmospheric kind of feel to it, where you're actually there within the elements of this universe that has been created, and that's something I really loved about the fact of how much they captured this. As a matter of fact, I remember one of my friends asking me, "This is this an origin story to Eric Nortman from True Blood?" I said, "No, dude, this is just a total separate thing. Just because uh, Eric's last name is Nortman does not mean that it's about Eric from True Blood." So. But I really enjoy this movie. Hands down, one of my favorite films of this year, aside from Top Gun Maverick and all that stuff. This film beats out Wakanda Forever, in my opinion. When you look at um, cinematography, when you look at the wide shots, when you look at everything that this storytelling is telling you with the Nortman, I have to go with Nortman. I'm sorry, Wakanda Forever. I love uh, Wakanda but it's going to be in my honorable mentions, and that's why I chose The North.
2: I'll get into that movie in a little bit. <laughs> well, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> All right, my number eight. I mean, I'm on the opposite spectrum when it comes to Manly. when you think of Manly, you got to think of Michael Bay. Number eight, I have The Ambulance. I have Ambulance as my number eight. Um, yeah, this movie... Man, this was a movie. This was intense. Uh, I'll admit, like the the, shape, the 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 drone spinning. I think at the beginning was a little bit too much, especially when you're in a. We're club. Not happy with those like, drones. <laughs> with, like, with the with the conversation uh, between Joan uh, Hall and uh, and his brother, this was too, constantly spinning. I get, I was getting a little queasy a little bit, but once it got past that, and we got to the 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 bank sequence, and then them in the ambulance. Omg. Michael Bay knows what he's doing, and I love like this movie was just awesome. It was intense, like you felt for these characters. I um Isa Gonzalez was uh she was fantastic in this. And then there, I mean, there got was my some, team. yeah yeah there were some scenes in it too that I was kind of like no 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 like the surgery in the in the ambulance that part was that. But the action sequences were just phenomenally shot, like the the chase sequence. Um, go left. And where they like that huge shootout in the uh like towards the end of the movie. Like, Again, this was I I enjoyed this one. I had a had a great time watching it. It was intense. Like I did not know how this was gonna end. Like, I re- like I I, I that, that's how much I was sucked in in this story, like sitting in my seat, like I was like tensed up the whole time. I'm like, how is this movie gonna end? Who's gonna survive and who's not? I thought Jake Joan Hall was at like there's movies where Jake Joan Hall is really good. He was really great in this. Like, like you, you think it, he he kind of makes it seem like he's likable, and then he becomes like a he's a complete dick. And later on, there in the movie, like, like he, he's able to go back and forth, back and forth. I think he be, would have been a perfect Joker instead of Jared because he's just so he can go back and forth. I don't know. It just this the movie worked for me. It, it, it did. It was Michael. It was it wasn't as like like it like completely like bombastic like Michael Bay and Transformers. Like it was grounded. But it was it was grounded in a way that it made you it, it didn't it made you it felt realistic and like and it was realistic felt realistically shot the explosions it felt it, it, yeah there's explosions in this because it's Michael Bay of course but it wasn't crazy like Transformers crazy I don't know I, 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 this movie was just great that's why it was my number eight
1: <laughs> see I don't have that on my worst list because I did have fun with ambulance I just don't have it up there as ranked high as you yeah but. Here's the thing. This is what, what I like about this film, though, man, is the fact that, yeah, you have the female ambulance driver in this film, but normally the, Michael Bay has them dolled up and over-sexualized and stuff like that when it comes down to his movies. With this one, she's not dolled up. She's just an ambulance driver. And then also, too, the, she, the way that they carry this film, and especially in that opening scene where she's trying to get that a uh, steel pipe out of that girl, and how graphic that was! It made me cringe, like you said, Charlie. Even whenever they do the surgery in the back of the ambulance, and then also too the ceiling song whenever Yaya Madine mm-hmm. uh, and him are singing and everything, that made me laugh. The humor lands in this, but also too it has this Grand Theft Auto kind of vibe to it that yeah. makes me laugh because of the fact that you're taking it in for a paint job. He paints the ambulance. And you have other ambulances, and then you also have the flamingo bit that goes on in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, Alex and I did the review for it, and he even said with the drones it made him kind of motion sickness because of how Michael Bay got happy with his drone.
2: Yeah, I mean uh, the fact yeah. that they are able to film this movie in that small of a budget is incredible. Like it, 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 it goes to, you to show you some props that if you know what you're doing, you don't have to go like insanely crazy with the budgets you can do this type of a movie that made you felt like grand theft auto and they make me feel like playing grand theft auto because i was living it and and again with like again they didn't make the uh eliza like eliza gonzalez they didn't make dollar up no she they made her like a normal person she's just going for the motions and not going for the motions she's actually like that about like just like they didn't like make sex appeal or no she, she, they made her seem like, and she was a tough badass. They, like, again, in the chemistry between Joan Hall and, um, I cannot pronounce his name.
1: Yeah, 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 my yeah, team.
2: yeah, him. Chemistry was this there. It was solid. Like, the two of them, like, just played off of each other. Like, they knew what they were doing. Like, they just, like, it, they, 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 they've known each other. And then, like, and that's what, you like, what, what I would also really appreciate it was there, there was a chemistry between the two of them that worked. And you felt for both of them but you're and you're rooting for them to get home or especially Yaya's character to get the money to pay for his wife's surgery. You're rooting for him. This movie this movie had likable characters that you rooted for. And and that's what that's all you really need in a big movie. Is likable characters because there's movies where there's no chemistry at all. And I'll get to that when we get to the worst list for a movie. There's no chemistry. They wanted the one person just wanted to kill this person. <laughs> that's what it felt like. That this one it didn't because the two of them had this bond, and it was just it, it was just the, it worked for me. It, if it didn't work for you, that's fine. You don't like Michael Bay, but I mean I, I give got to give Michael Bay props for being able to do what he did with such a small budget and it made a profit and and I and it, 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 it's awesome and I had a good time with that's why it was my number eight.
1: Okay, so my number seven is Nice Knives Out Glass Onion. And here's the thing. I did a review on it. It's on my channel. But here's the, re- here's the thing. I did say the movie was predictable because think of it like this. Everybody's like, well, I didn't see the twist coming. I'm like, okay, Edwin Norton plays a millionaire, a millionaire who sends out puzzle pieces and someone gets killed. Who do you think is going to kill? Who do you think is the killer? It's gotta be the millionaire who sends out the puzzle pieces. It's a no brainer, but Underneath the predictability, as who the killer actually is, underneath that whole entire film, what you're glued into is the characters. Dave Bautista. You're glued into how these characters are actually going to solve that murder, and how this is actually missed. And everybody's also telling uh, was also saying this though too. It was like. Too, uh too much for them to process because of it's hard to follow. Well, I said that's also part of misdirection. You actually have to pay attention to each little part and detail to get it. If you don't, it's going to throw you off with the misdirection. And I thought the setup was really good. Daniel Craig making fun of Clue because he does he's not very good at Clue or anything like that. I thought that was very clever. And it goes to show you why he's actually a good detective, even though with Knives Out 1, I predicted who that was. Because that was also predictable, too. Because things were like this, Chris Evans, he was actually the outcast of the family. Nobody really liked him. He was the black sheep of the family. So I'm like, duh, it's going to be him. He has motivations to kill somebody. So uh, then with this film, though, the human work for me. Everything just lands perfectly well with Glass Onion to the point where I really liked it I really liked where they were going with it with Ryan Johnson
0: yeah.
1: and, I thought, uh, and Dave Batista, I thought it was actually funny that he's actually a YouTuber who's also a Twitch player and he's actually supposed to be someone that uh, it, he's like just basically Drax but as a video gamer and Twitch player basically but he's not that smart of a guy but it's hilarious. I really enjoyed it. So, what about you?
2: Yeah, it's my it's on my honorable luncheon list. I watched it on Friday, last Friday. Oh my! Yeah, this movie was hilarious. I actually like this one better than the first Knives Out because of the characters. The Kate Hudson characters had me crying on the floor. Like I was laughing so hard at how dumb she really was. <laughs> like it's just like like she just she was going, playing on the whole ditzy blonde character, and I thought that was hysterical. Again. I agree again, I I didn't see a lot of the like the who who it was. I kept predicting who, like you kept figuring out like who the killer was. But I think but once you figured out it was that it was the certain person, it was the predictive, like it is wasn't predictable of who died first. And that was the thing, because you're wondering who's gonna die first. Like I kept thinking the billionaire was gonna die first. I'm like, what? And just to find out who doesn't, I was like, no. <laughs> But it's like, again, it, was, it sucked you in. And it was funny that there was a, a, when you first see the Ed Norton character back when they're doing the flashback story, you see his, his, his he's wearing a co- weird costume with these v- very ridiculous hair they were doing a pl- they were doing a homage to tom cruise for magnolia because he wore the same outfit same hairdo so it was a nice little <laughs> easter egg with that but i mean again the kate hudson character is absolutely hysterical this was like oh well um, I, um like i try i try to do a con a, a costume like beyonce and uh, so i'm not a lot on twitter anymore or whatever so it's just like and she's like oh that is so dumb and brilliant no that's just dumb
1: <laughs> and like please, please don't I feel like i'm doing your crape calls about on this because you're such
0: an idiot
2: yeah i know and kate hudson is the idiot that bought into the she's the one that really fought sweatshops Met sweatshops <laughs> <laughs> i mean her outfit she was just so ridiculously over the top well it wasn't over the top like you hated her like it's this over the top like it's like Am, am i seriously watching this like sorry alexa sorry my alexis apparently i grabbed a lamp i thought that was alexa like this is just like the rich did see they're making fun of the rich people that i think they're so like they think they're they're no dolls but they're really just dumb i mean again it's just hilarious how they played every character like everybody was great in this like i mean and yeah and but yeah i like this a lot better than the first one but yeah i mean i had a good time watching this one
1: um there is one line that i want to mention And that is the fact that um, I'm a truth teller. Some people can't handle it. It's a dangerous thing to mistake speaking without thought for speaking the truth. And that's one of the best lines in that movie itself. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, you can be a truth seeker. But the fact that, you know, there's response, there's actually consequences behind every action and things like that. I really loved how they played off that narrative. And I really thought it was very smart. Mm -hmm. all right so let's go on ahead and get uh go with
2: all right my number seven okay this is where people are gonna start like oh okay this is this movie's on my worst list i had a lot thor love and thunder is my number seven i really liked this movie for what it was i had a good time with it i think the whole part about going to the movies is just turn your brain off have a good time and enjoy watching something i enjoyed thor love and thunder i i thought it worked and in my in the review that we've done, you can um you, you can see my more of my thoughts. But I like this movie for what it was. I love seeing Natalie Portman back. I thought the the hilarious angle of the love triangle, but it's not your normal love triangle between Thor and Jane. But it's not really Thor and Jane it's Thor Jane and his ha- and his axe. And the axe is suddenly that. I know John's already annoyed with me by supporting Thor: Love and Thunder whenever seven. <laughs> I don't care. Again, I had I had, I'm the one that's picking up for it. I have two Marvel movies on my list for favorites of the year. That's fine. It didn't work. These two didn't work for everybody, but yeah, I know it's fine. I don't care. <laughs> Thor: Love and Thunder I is I, 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 I like like movies are subjective. Again, I like Thor: Love and Thunder. I had a good time with it. It, it the stuff worked for me. I love the sequence with the kids when the kids all have powers and you see the little girl with her teddy bear like just just using the teddy bear with the lasers kill a lot of these the monsters, the dark monsters. I thought that was hysterical. It worked for me. It doesn't work for everybody else. And honestly, I didn't care. It's my list.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll get into this in a minute. I know. (laughs) Because I didn't like that film. That's no. just pretty mildly for now, but uh, we are going to be doing our worst list at the uh, in a few minutes. But uh, Derpy says that he has his list. Oh, awesome! Go on ahead and tell us what your uh, top five or ten list is, and we'll talk about that at the end of our show. Uh, Scene for Doctor Strange. Okay, we're going to get into that later. A little later though, too, for Doctor Strange. For me, let's see here. Malcolm's Metal Earth Media says I thought that Thor: Love and Thunder worked as well it may make my top 10 though i saw lots of good non superhero movies and it just pushed that out okay i understand it totally because there were some films that i actually had to make room for to do a top 10 list and doing a top 10 list is actually hard to do so i understand uh number 6 that i have is an is actually going to be a Ryan Reynolds film and that is the Adams uh, the Adam project and I'm I'm a sucker for time travel. I'm a t- I'm also a sucker for uh, different universes and different timelines, and one one event affects another event and things like that. And this movie handles time travel in a smart way. And the way it describes stuff within this setup and everything is perfect. I thought it wasn't too confusing for people to actually follow. I thought it was a really good, clever way of it handling the time travel stuff, I thought Ryan Reynolds does a really good job. And also, too, they also picked an actor that looked just like, uh, just like him as, at age 10. So I thought that was actually perfect. And it's just crazy at how the, the kid, which is a child actor, does a good job playing uh, Ryan Reynolds at that age. And it's hard for a child actor to be able to do that. And the way that uh, he did that in the Atom Project, I thought the humor worked. I also thought, also too, you also have uh, the uh, Ruffalo who was actually in this movie too. Uh, I thought he did a fantastic job. All these people were not phoning it in, and I thought they were doing a fantastic job with this. And you know, I thought that was. Uh, I really enjoyed this film. I thought it was a really good, fun film to actually sit through on Netflix for the Atom Project. But what about you, though, Charlie?
2: Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I mean, um, I I have it as an honorable mention because I got so much stuff. It is the movie just hit close to home to me. So it was really an emotional movie to sit through. And I was also going through like a lot of tough times watching that movie. Um, Like when that movie came out, I was watching. And that was when I found out that my previous job was forcing us back into the building with uh, no safety, no security, nothing like that. And my life was at danger. So I was going for a lot when that movie came out. And so the the emotions really hit me. I love the casting. Like again, the kid actor that 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 was Ryan Reynolds. I watched the video and and the kid he was he was quoting Deadpool. Like the ten year old was like he he watched Deadpool and he's quoting the one scene from Deadpool in the car with a lot of f bombs. And you see Ryan Reynolds' face is like his eyes lit up when he's dropped when the kids drop an f-bomb like crazy so i was like damn so i was like but yeah and this, this, this movie worked the time travel part was good you felt for the cast you know it, it just everybody was just really good it was and again it was just i just like there's just too much i had on my list to put this in my top 10 but it's an honorable mention because it's an entertaining movie and it dealt with bullies and and they're not fun and like again i again i'm a big sucker for ryan reynolds when he's not any musical. So don't expect spirited to be on any, of my list. I don't see do musicals, even though I like those two actors involved with Spirited. don't expect it on my list. Cause I don't need do mu- musicals, but yeah, this one was entertaining.
1: Uh, Malcolm says, I have to say, if they bring a kid and a kid for Deadpool and, uh, Deadpool three, then they should cast Walker. I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. So what do you have for your, uh, number six?
2: All right, I'm going to get this out of the way because it's been mentioned already about Doctor Strange. Yeah, that's my number six. Um, I, again, I liked it. it, it for, and it's especially funny for me. I don't do horror movies. Now, I've been on this channel. I've said adamantly I don't do horror movies. I was even tricked into doing a horror movie trailer years the, the, last year. I don't do horror movies. However, for Doctor Strange... Technically,
1: you also got suckered in this year to do a horror movie reaction, too. What? With uh, adam driver
2: oh that one that, the dinosaur movie yeah that was dumb <laughs> so anyway um and anyway, yeah anyway anyway but no it's well dr after, after strange i was really entertained by it the whole time and again for a horror movie i i thought it was i i was fairly entertained with it because i was really worried because the horror aspect to it but man they I, I wonder Wanda was awesome in this. Like, um, I love the like this. Like the, the scene for me that really sold it was when Wanda killed all the people. Part like in the future from Captain uh Captain Mar- uh to uh, uh Captain Carter seeing, seeing her get rid of her with the shield. Um, turning uh like just the burns like Wanda was like no holds barred like in this one she's like delivering do, do you have ki- do you have a wife and do you have kids yeah I well, wish you'll have somebody take care of you when i'm done with you and it's just like there's just just, just the, the non like the the don't care in the world wanda going off on these and then the best one was the one that made me jump out of my seat the, the charles Xavier scene like this out of nowhere you see her just come out of nowhere and i was like holy crap um, again, it, this movie works for me. It's not going to work for everybody else. And I, I, like I said, like I said with Thor, this is my list, and I enjoyed I enjoyed uh, Wanda Multiverse of Madness, but even though, because especially because it had a horror aspect to it, and I don't do horror movies, and I really liked it. But again, that's me. That's fine. Come at me. Let's go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I'll be talking about this later. Yeah, uh, I <laughs> so, anyways, I don't uh, number five, I actually have Elvis Down. I love this film. I thought. Um, I thought Austin Butler does a really good job of playing Elvis. I thought that was really good. Um, The only setback I have to say that I didn't like about Elvis was the fact that they try to blend in modern day music in with the Elvis thing. And it took me out of the movie a little bit. But once they got done with pulling that in there and they start focusing on the Elvis music itself, I was really sold on it. And I understand what they were trying to go for with the soundtrack and things like that as people who were inspired by Elvis to do this. So I understand it. It's just that it took me out of that element of where I wanted to go with it, but that's just me. But Austin Butler's uh, performance as Elvis, he did a fantastic job of it. I really liked the whole entire dynamic of someone that is so corrupted that would actually take advantage of Elvis and then, you know, it was just sad to actually see that being played out and to actually see that in its full context. It just made me, it just made me sad to actually see something like that happen, especially with the Connell and things like that. But yeah, I picked this because of the fact, because of the fact that, you know, you have to think of it like this is the cinematography with it. It's also the movements. It's also the way that Austin Butler talked. It was also, um, Everything around this film, and it's also hard to do an Elvis. It, there's a difference between impersonations and acting. And what Austin Butler did, he embodied Elvis. It's not an impersonation; he became Elvis. It was one of those moments where you could actually tell that he was Elvis. So yeah, that's what uh, that's what I went with. And I know, and my wife, she goes, "Wait, you picked Elvis over my favorite?" Yeah. I, Picked Elvis over Wakanda forever, but it's on an honorable mention list, and you know, so at least it's still there. It's just not gonna. It was just what didn't reach my top ten. Like I wanted to, I was having a tough choice between two, two between two diff- two different movies. So that was my problem with that. Um, Malcolm uh, Middle Earth says the thing that disappointed him about Doctor Strange is in the lead up to the movie is that everyone was theorizing a bunch of random cameos that didn't happen. I didn't mind that. It's just that if you go into that expectation of thinking that was what's going to set things up, then you might uh, be disappointed. For me, I was like, there's a 50-50 chance that those characters might be in it, but I'm not going to lay heavily on that because if I rely heavily on that, that's my fault. It's not the movie's fault that I thought that way. It's my fault for thinking it was going to go one way when it didn't. So that's actually my fault for thinking that it was going to be that way if I went into thinking that way. But I'll go into my issues with Doctor Strange a little bit on why that movie didn't make my list. Yeah.
2: I'll go on. I'll add to the point. Like, I think that's the problem for me with what, what we did with Spider Man No Way Home. The problem with that is there was so much. Things like so much like guessing who's going to show up in this, and then like and then there's so much and there's so much hype for that. I think the thing with the gifting with Doctor Strange, there's there was no hype for that. Like there was hype for it, but not to the level of Spider Man level. The problem is you can't uh, you had a hard time going in empty like empty minded when all we did every there was so much speculation all over the place with Spider Man, and I came out of that like I felt like disappointed, but that was from like last year for dr strange again i wasn't i hadn't had had no clue who to expect in this and i and that's why it worked for me but then again that that's my answer to that but it, it can happen like but again with spider-man the hype for that um too much hype can be a problem um but anyway um moving on my number five i haven't charted um was I, I, this was a fun movie and this is one of the better video game adaptations um, sure, there's some scenes that were familiar that were from that. I mean, this the movie worked for me. I had a good time watching this. I loved the chemistry between Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg as Sully. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, Sully should have been older. I'm like, really? You want an 80-year-old guy running and doing all the stuff that Sully's doing? Come on. This is, not video- this is movies to video games. If you want your old Sully, the Sully that you want, just play the video game. And, and again Mark Wahlberg worked for me I I love the casting for him for Sully and I'm really intrigued to how we're going to what the next one's going to be because this movie did well at the box office for and the casting work Tom Holland was great as Nate seeing him get his gun get the iconic weapon towards the end was cool The maybe just worked and seeing the uh seen the 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 voice actor for Nathan Drake show up in it asking him hey man what happened oh I just flew from a cargo helicopter and stuff I'm like oh yeah I remember those times so it was just kind of throwing nods to his character from the video game and I thought that was that was really clever that he was in it just briefly just sitting at the beach just having a good time oh hey you look like you had some rough times. like this this that, that kind of stuff the small cameo here there is worked but it maybe worked for me I had a good time watching this
1: you see, I had a great time watching this film. It's just that that film just didn't rank up for me. And it's just hard to do a top 10 list or anything like that. You know what I mean? But I had a great time watching this. I watched this on Netflix whenever it got released. I didn't, there was so much stuff coming out that I didn't have time to watch Uncharted. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought that I had a good time with it. Mark Wahlberg did what he had to do with what he had with Sully. I thought Tom Holland does a really good job at being the bartender, cracking jokes. And having the back and forth between Sully and then, of course, going on that adventure. It reminded me straight up out of the video game, especially when you have that flying pirate ship scene and things like yeah. that. I thought that was actually pretty cool. Um, now, it's going to be interesting since Legendary in, uh, since Legendary is actually – well, Sony is actually now partnered up with, uh, with Legendary. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting on how they actually do that. So I'm kind of interested in that. Yeah, I um, want to answer
2: a question in the chat. Um, I like. I, I thought they were good. I'm not biased to Marvel. I like movies are subjective. So if I like if something's not on your list, it's fine. It's, it was my list. I, I'm not like I'm not. I'm not biased towards Marvel. I like DC. I just like a good movie and it enjoyed me. That's that's the answer to his question in the chat. I'm not biased. I just like. I just if. Each one's likes are different than the others. I liked what I like. John likes what his like, and that's fine. That's the whole point about movies. We can have a conversation about different things.
1: Right. Um, Malcolm says I was a big fan of Uncharted games, and I enjoyed the movie. This movie worked as a prequel to the first game, most definitely. I definitely agree with that. Uh, Brandy's kind of mad at me because I didn't put that as my (laughs) on my list, but it's okay. At least I enjoyed the film. Uh, let's see here. I definitely, she definitely liked Uncharted. We both winded up loving it. Um, if we see a sequel, see a sequel, then it becomes more of an adaptation of the first game. I I hope so. I really do. I really would like to see that, uh, type of, type of deal, to be honest with you. He doesn't have to be 80, but you can have him in his fifties, uh, fifties or sixties and have him in that way.
2: So, yeah. There was a lot of stuff from the from the movie that were kind of picked up from the from it. They picked up a lot of stuff from all of the games together um, a little bit. They didn't do too much of it. And that's fine. Like the 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 cargo sequence, the plane sequence that that was from the third game. So there's a lot of moments that they picked up from each game. So I'm in, like, again, I'm I, again, I'm intrigued to see how we're going to that. Um, um yo yeah, they definitely made it a lot for the sequel. They made I made a lot of money for the sequel. I for, I believe cuz I think the Sony head is like, "Yeah, we got a franchise." So, you want to be saying we have a franchise to be then make a lot of money, but uh, it made a lot of money over the like made not as much as what currently was out there, but it made decent for a sequel cuz it didn't cost that much, but I'm not
1: 100% sure. right I think it's actually profitable. They made yeah. 401 million dollars of 401.7 million on a 127 million dollar budget. So yeah, 120 million dollar budget. So it made made its money back. It made it broke even if you think about yeah. it. So so it's there's actually probably a probability that it could actually happen. Uh, so now I'm going to go on ahead. I'm going to go into my number four. Uh, not mad. Just I can't believe you picked uh, Elvis over that. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry. I, I just wanted. I just enjoyed a biopic. I'm on the couch this morning. I don't know. So anyways, um, number four, I picked a horror movie, and it's actually The Black Phone. And I love this movie. For a little small budget of a horror film based on a short novel, which I read, by Joe Hill, which is also Stephen King's son, I really enjoyed it. I was actually interested on how they were going to tell the story because the story is not even that long. It's about maybe a 20 page short story in a book and it has different other stories, but I was like, okay, how are they going to play this off in an hour and 40 minutes? And they do a lot of good, a lot of, they did a great job at setting it up. And then whenever those kids called the black phone who died and tell the other kid how to survive and try to, and, tell him not to make the same mistakes that they did. I was on the edge of my seat seeing that. And then also too, you also have Ethan Hawke in this movie. He does a fantastic job. He also did he played a Moon Knight, which I thought he did a very good job in Moon Knight despite what some people might think about the show. I thought Ethan Hawke's performance in Moon Knight was really good. And this one he shined on through that through this movie. I mean it. He was haunting he was fantastic in it. I really love the Black Phone. I know Charlie has, uh, is not going to go see because he doesn't like horror movies. But as far as the Black Phone goes, I saw this. I had owned it on Blu-ray. I didn't see it in theaters, but it. I ended up buying it whenever I had COVID. Um uh, well, didn't buy it, but I rented it, and I was just amazed by it. For it to be a short film, oh, not a short film, but based on a short novel, uh and it being that good. So that's what I have uh, for my number three.
2: Okay, my number four, I'm the I'm going the opposite. I'm actually going to comedy. Um, my number four. My number four, I got jackass forever. Oh, my God. This is the movie that came out at the perfect time. This movie made a profit, by the way. It, made, it was only cost $10 million to make, made it in the $50, 60000000 million, something like that. This movie was the movie the world needed. The world needed this, Just to sit down, not think about anything, just laugh your butt, laugh and cry and cringe all at the same time and just have a good time. And boy, did I do that. This movie, my brother and I, we went in that we were like a theater. Everyone was crying. They're laughing and that. I mean, this movie just had so many memorable like stunts that they did. If you don't know what Jackass is, this was just a popular show that was in the '90s with Johnny Knoxville and his and his and his, and his, and his a bunch of friends doing stuff, stupid stuff, just to like, make people laugh. And that's what this movie was. And I didn't even think this movie was going to be made, to be honest. But man, they made this movie, and I laughed. I had a great time. There's so many sketches. I did a review for this so a couple months ago. And there are so many memorable sketches. But the one thing that I will always pick up from this is the sketch called The Silence of the Lamps. And The Silence of the Lambs, I'll go ahead and just briefly describe it. It's a bunch of guys, uh, like Knox was tricking a bunch of guys. Hey, man, all right, we're going to get you in this room. And you're going to be this really poisonous snake in here. And um, and we're gonna, we're, you're going to do stuff with the snake. So what they do, they take, they kick everybody out of the room. And then they and they really what the what really there was a ruse going on because what's going to happen is they're going to lock everybody in the room but turn the lights off. They're turning the lights off, and the only thing you're seeing is the night vision goggles. Johnny Knoxville and Chris Pontius in the back performing his his Buffalo Bill impersonation naked. Essentially, this was the scene from this island of the Lambs*, where the night vision where Buffalo Bill is and the uh, was using the night vision goggles to to trick his people. And while this is going on they're tricking people they're like they're pro- they're cattle prodding them they're pretending that the sn- there's the poisonous snake is live by kicking over a can and ter- and and using a rattle to think it sizzling um and everybody's freaking out in there it's like oh no he got bit you need to go to help and then they have more st- so you shut up all this is in the dark but all you see is chris Pontius doing his buffalo bill impersonation naked Pretending like in the background, this like this having a good time while everybody else is freaking out like (laughs) this was the funniest sketch in the whole movie and everybody was crying, they were laughing so hard. And man, this movie had like had so many nut shots. It like, this movie does so much, did so much damage to people's nuts because, <laughs> I don't know. I just love this movie. It, I was a, I grew up with Jackass. I love this crew. I've seen Jackass two and Jackass three in theaters. I saw the first one many times on DVD. I just love these guys and just to see them back doing this stuff bringing back iconic sketches and stuff like that. This movie is just meant to be seen. It's, it's just so good. But it, the big takeaway is, watch the sketch. You can probably find it on YouTube, The Silence of the Lambs. You, won't, you will laugh. I guarantee it. Okay.
1: So, I didn't see Jackass or anything like that, so I can't add anything to it. But I will say this. I do have, for my number three, The Batman. And this movie had a lot going for itself and things like that when you look at the controversy with um, with you know, basically with the stuff with uh the actor from Twilight and things like that. Um But aside from that, I always thought he was a good actor, and there was just uh, the Lighthouse was actually one of my favorite movies that he's done that he's done and stuff like that. So it was really interesting how Robert Pattinson was going to play Bruce Wayne and Batman, and I thought he did a very good job. I love the slow pacing. I love this detective kind of vibe to it, mixed in with saw, mixed in. With um, Seven, a little bit of mixed in with Seven, mixed in with Saw, mixed in with a detective kind of vibe. And then you also have the opening scene with um, Maria, which is basically the Hitman theme song. I thought that the the overall scoring was fantastic in it. I thought the acting was really good. I thought the chemistry between Jim Gordon and um, Batman was really good. Everything about this film, to me, was perfect. And the way that Matt Reeves was able to capture Gotham was better than anything I've actually ever imagined. a matter of fact, I remember after my wife and I saw The Batman and coming out of the theater, this is the first time I ever saw in a DC movie where someone's actually coming out of the theater and goes, dude, you have to see this movie. This movie is fantastic. I'm telling you. And I I was just so overjoyed to actually hear somebody coming out of the theater having fun watching a Batman film, having this detective kind of vibe, this slow kind of vibe to it. And also this long Halloween kind of vibe coming from the uh, scoring and things like that. I loved it. I thought it was good.
2: Yeah. I'll get into that in my, when we get to our <laughs> least favorite list, I'll just say that. Okay. Um, My number three clerks three. I love this movie. I just loved it. I just, I just, I, again, I grew up with Jane Song Bob, Bob like, and then like being able to see Clerks 3 and like this, this, the year gap between Clerks 2 and Clerks 3, this movie just worked. Kevin Smith delivered a comedy mixed in with a lot of emotion to it. And man, this movie gut punch, you get gut, you get so many gut punches mixed in with comedy. Like you, you get a lot of comedic moments. It's great. Um, I walked in on the, like I, I missed a little bit of the opening, but they're playing hockey going back homage to the original clerks. But like, I forgot the, the, the song that was played, but that was great. Randall doing a rant. And then you get, then you get hit gut punched with, with the emotional aspect. And then in the hospital, and then you, and you find out, I'm like, wait, what? Like you're shocked. You you get shocked. Uh, uh, with this certain scene or whatever is going on. Then it gets back to whole Elias. Elias is the highlight of this movie he is just absolutely hysterical like he's like the the one that brings you like after like you get a really sad moment he just does something so stupid and ridiculous that you just stop crying and laugh right off the bat I mean Elias is absolutely hysterical but Jane saw J- J- Bob are great in this but then again you get more comedic moments you get people from the past that are showing back up in this there's so many references to the original clerks like like 37 or something on those lines it's like not 37, or just something along this line. So if you watch like again, it's best to watch some of the old clerks, like clerks one and clerk's 2 go for going into this, because there's a lot of references references being thrown in there. But it works. It just it worked. And then you get hit with the epic epic gut punch at the end that you, no one sees coming. And, 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 and then and then you're just sad. <laughs> again, so Kevin Smith did a wonderful job with this movie and where she blended in um. Yeah, I agree. I wish it was released everywhere, but I think that's what they that's what happened with uh Jay the Jane Song Bob reboot. It was only limited in certain theaters. I don't know like the, the I don't know the ins and outs because I don't work in the production companies <laughs> for them, but I wish they did, but I guess I wish they released it worldwide because more people would have gotten a chance to see this, but if you get a chance to rent it definitely see clerks three it's so good if you love jane bob love these characters you love growing up with them or you're just very familiar of want to see this like it, it it's it's a great movie and i'm like i'm glad to have been have gotten the chance to go see this because this movie was this my dad got me hooked on jay son of bob so it was just something that was like very close to my heart but also just it's very current. So there's a lot of current elements and mixed in with this. And the fact that they were able to get this shot filmed in New Jersey, how they've been like, cause they're, they're very strict, but yeah, th- this movie works for me. That's why it's my number three.
1: So here's the thing. I love the first two clerks movies. I love um, dogma and other films surrounding this universe that Kevin Smith has created. I just haven't ha- had a chance to see it yet. I actually have the steel book coming in soon from Best Buy.
2: So, oh, I got I, I, it. I can I can show you what it looks like.
1: Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I love the humor that that's on uh, Jane Silent Bob. I like the fact that they're actually trying some dramatic stuff within Clerk's 3. Oh, sweet. I I cannot wait to actually get my hands on that steelbook.
2: I don't get the get- steelbooks often. The only reason I get the steelbook cuz it's the only way it comes either with the 4K or the 4K and the Blu-ray, because I don't get the Steelbooks often, but Best Buy, I think lately they've been having at least two of them, where you have to get the Steelbook to get the 4K, and I was like, it's fine, I'll get it. Clerks 3 is awesome. (laughs) I liked it, so that's why.
1: Okay. So, okay, so we already did my number two, which is Top Gun Maverick. Mm -hmm. So, I'm gonna get into my number one. My number one, and I know Charlie was thinking the Batman was probably gonna be my number one. Pretty much, yeah. But no. As everyone knows, I love time travel movies. I love different universes. I love everything, everywhere, all at once. This movie is so original and so different and unique and the ridiculousness of how to actually time travel and how you have to do something totally stupid to to time travel. And then you also have uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie. And then even though it's, you're reading subtitles, you were also pulled into this family to the point where you actually care about this family. You're wondering what's the outcome, especially when Jamie Lee Curtis is actually investigating them with IRS, the IRS thing. Then you're also trying to have this daughter who's trying to fit in with this family and say, hey, look, mom and dad, I have a girlfriend that I'm in love with, but it's hard for me to tell you that I'm in love with her. And then you have this other universe where the mother lives within this different universe and also, too. Uh, different timelines and it and all it has this multiverse kind of vibe to it and i loved it i thought it was fantastic the originality behind it everywhere i, I mean this, this movie was good <laughs> i'll
2: get into that in a little bit <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay um, i take get this i like, cup of tea <laughs> but
2: yeah i mean i'll get into it that um sorry right, so my number two bullet train i love this movie bullet train after getting out of that theater, I was like, I was telling all my friends, you gotta see this movie. You gotta see this movie. I was telling as many people, "Bull train, bull train. I, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Even after, after weeks later, after watching it, I still laughed at a lot of the moments that are like, oh my God, like this movie is just so good. And then it was just like, I haven't watched it again since, but I still remember what would happen and it again how i described it, it was the most chaotic hilariously violent crazy action thrill ride of the summer in this movie when i say it's hilarious it is hilarious there's so many funny stuff in it that worked for me i loved all the cameos in it and i'm not going to reveal who the cameos are because you guys have to see this movie i think it's on netflix right now like bullet train i couldn't stop thinking about this movie and again it was my number one for weeks Was for my number one movie for weeks until something else came in. I'll get into that in just a sec. But Bull Train was something I was like, it was the like how you felt out of Batman. I felt this right out of Bull Train. I couldn't stop talking about this movie. The action worked. It felt like it was a mixture of, and there was so many storylines. From like, oh, so many storylines. It keep watching it. It all pays off at the end, and the end is actually there's, and then when it pays off the end, you're laughing. You're like oh my god, this, this, the, the, like, the, 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 uh, what Brad Pitt calls that dick Carver, and yeah, I'm not going to say who Carver is, because you got to watch the movie to find out who, who, which cameo put, portrays Carver, because I'm not going to spoil that here, but Brad Pitt was awesome in this, everybody that was involved with this movie was great, they were dialing in, they all had storyline, even a freaking water bottle had a storyline, <laughs> and I thought that was how it all paid off at the end, and, 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 like again, everybody worked in this. They looked like they had fun, and this movie was just—it was the again. I, I there's so many words I can describe this movie, but I can't describe the movie because you have to see this movie to experience it. I just love this movie, and that's why it's my number two. And nothing like again, it, it it was just that good for me.
1: See, I'll be honest with you. At first, I didn't really care for it. Then I rewatched it. And I love the thing with my favorite fight scene is the briefcase scene with Brad Mm -hmm. Pitt, the ridiculousness of him fighting with the briefcase, then him going over to the quiet cart. And then, you know what? I wish they would actually do different things, themes without within the uh, bullet train itself, where each cart, each department had Mm -hmm. its own theme to it. Oh, this is the quiet cart. We're not allowed to actually talk because it's actually the quiet cart. I wish that they had other elements within that. Mm -hmm. to actually have each cart for its own thing, which would make it a lot more fun. But the movie is fun. It is over the top. It is something that might pull you out of it if you're not expecting the over top part of it. But I do have to admit that, you know, Bullet Train is actually fun. It's one of those popcorn movies. And matter of fact, that's what I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it a popcorn movie where you can just stuff popcorn in your face for two and a half hours and enjoy a film without having to take anything seriously. And I don't think that it had it, too many subplots. I don't think it was easy to follow. The The water bottle scene might be a little too uh, confusing in a sense because of the origin story behind the water bottle, but I thought it was hilarious. But yeah, I had a good time with
2: bullet I mean. I mean, this Brad Pitt was this. This was Brad Pitt's element. I mean, he was just hilarious in it. Like this after the one sequence after he kills the one person and she's like the person suffering, like, oh, do you need some water? Do you want some help? Do you need me to help you out? Oh, sorry, I'm mansplaining here. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just like, and then there's there's so many references to David Leach's other movies within this one, like the mascot, like the mascot character, and then and then when everybody's flying through the air, it reminds me of, like, oh yeah, I, this was from. Deadpool too, like this is like there's so many references David Leach did within this and it worked and again like that there's like again there's all the performances that were just great in this movie it, it's it was the best movie of the summer for me and yeah. um but yeah that was why it's movie number two
1: uh Bullet Train is the worst movie I ever seen <laughs> I've been talking talk, yeah i talked rent to watching Bullet
2: Train <laughs> I mean my mom went with us <laughs> to see that movie she loved it so it, it, it's right. fine but um but yeah, okay. Chris and I agree. Bullet Train was my number one for a couple weeks. Oh, uh, that was at least until uh, 12 days ago. Um, yeah, and it's pretty obvious what my number one was Avatar, Way of Water. This movie just delivered for me. I've been waiting 13 years to see the sequel to this movie. I was waiting 13 years. I was one of those ones that I was like, oh, nobody wants to, nobody cares about an Avatar sequel. I did, I cared. I, I was patiently waiting because I knew I, I knew the behind the scenes that James Cameron is busy creating technology and 13 years well worth it. And I did a review for the page for this and you should definitely check it out, too. This movie was visually stunning. How the heck James Cameron did all this? Kudos to him. Kudos to him. And also Avatar The Way of Water is the fastest movie in 2022 to gross a billion dollars. It's already at billion dollars and it's been only 14 days. It grossed $1 billion in 14 days. Everybody's like, oh, man, this movie's going to flop. Screw James Cameron. I'm like, don't doubt James Cameron. Everybody, all the media kept doubting him. All the pop, the, the box office reports are doubting him. Yeah, and, like, and then we, I still don't know what the budget is, but I don't care. This movie has legs. And that was the whole point. It has legs and it's going to make money up because nothing's coming out till February. So it's still going to be the number one movie in the box office for weeks. And but anyway, going on to why I loved it, the, the visuals are absolutely stunning. This was the most I saw this in IMAX 3D, and um, yeah, IMAX 3D. And I saw, and then like most theaters have high frame rate, which uh, frame rate is the amount of like uh, pixels pixels per second you see on a screen. Most movies have about 24. This movie had about 48, so you're seeing so much stuff on it but the visuals of the water, OMG, this is how you do it. This is how you make that. And especially, it's just reading, hearing the behind the scenes of them. Um, so anybody, and all the humans you see in the movie, and like, or you used to see their avatars, those are the actual castmates in the water. They are with motion capture, not CGI. They're them in the water. Kate Winslet had to hold her breath for over seven minutes while filming her sequences for this. Seven minutes, that might not feel like a long time. Well, she just broke Tom Cruise's record from ro- Rogue Nation of over five or six minutes, holding his breath underwater in Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Kate Winslet had to hold it for seven minutes. James Cameron, and like I said, the, 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 it's a big build-up. There's a lot of build-up, but the, the final hour, the, the, the big build-up of the action sequences, perfectly shot, like you get a mixture of, you feel like you're watching Aliens again, or you feel feeling Terminator. it's like there's that scary element to it. Because you're 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 sucked into the story, and for me, this did not. This is a three hour movie. It did not feel like three hours. You you were so hooked into the story that you want to know: Is this family going to get out alive? Are they going to survive? And um, Natiri, she is just a badass. That's the Zoe Saldana character. Absolute badass. And they're really setting up a huge battle between her and um, um, Kutarich towards the end because he keeps antagonizing her. Oh. Oh yeah, Jake J- 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 Sully, so you got your woman here. To she's uh, she gonna kill me again? It's like she's she's really antagonizing the theory the whole movie, and it's really building to this big epic fight scene that's gonna happen in the later movies. But this movie won't work for Avatar like for, like everybody. If you like the first Avatar, you will like this one. If you didn't like the first Avatar, you might like this one. I don't know. It's you don't necessarily need to watch the first one to pick up everything in this um the cast was great in this everybody again had to learn underwater techniques they had to film everything underwater but again because it's them it was really them doing this and i got and then and that's that's just incredible but go for the this is the visual spectacle of 2022 i'm sorry top gun this beat it because the visuals are the selling point for this movie And it worked. That's why. And again, I've been waiting 13 years and it was well deserved. Avatar is something you have to see in the biggest screen.
1: Yep. So now we're moving on to our worst movies of 2022. (laughs) So uh so since I opened up the first go round, I'll go ahead and open up for the top 10 worst films. Number 10, I have Morbius, The Living Vampire. And the reason why I have Morbius, The Living Vampire, is because I'm a huge Morbius fan. When it comes down to it, I have a, a Morbius pop. Not only do I have a Morbius pop, but I'm also a fan of the comics and things like that. I thought Leto was going to be a great choice for this. I was excited for this movie. And then I saw the runtime for this movie. And that's what made me scared about seeing Morbius is because here's the thing. It was our first time seeing a Venom origin story within the Sony universe. So it was like a two hour long movie. You're giving a character that nobody knows anything about and you're giving him an hour and 30 minutes or an hour and 40 whenever you should really be giving him a two hour film because nobody's ever even heard of him other than us who are the diehard comic book readers and also two who love Morbius they need more cohesive stuff whenever you're telling an origin story. Then whenever you see the film, the problem was not Geraletto. The problem was the direction that they chose to go in, the writing for it, and also to the runtime for this film was my main issues. And also too, you also have a part in it when he's floating up into the uh this little part in this thing where and then they play like a little small snippet of Christopher Nolan's Batman theme from from the Batman uh, from the Dark Knight trilogy, whenever he just gets lifts up into this little small thing. I'm like, really, they're going to do that. And then also, then you also have this other part in this film where, oh, um, Dr. Morbius is working on the secret project. And then you're thinking that because he's operating with bats, that he's going to be on the other side of the hospital. No, they have a patient that can't walk within walking distance of this, of his lap. I'm like, "That, that does not make sense. And then they also have this other scene, which I thought that at the very beginning of the opening, I really didn't care about the, about his friend. I didn't care about that because I thought that they needed more setup for us to care about it. And they don't do it. It does not deliver at all on all aspects of this film. Also it's bloodless, And it's a vampire movie. There's no blood. There's no gore. There's nothing about this movie. It reminds me of Vampire, the uh, PS4 uh, video game that I downloaded during the pandemic that was free. I enjoyed that game, but it didn't. And also, too, the CGI effects also reminds me of Vampire as well. But still, I did not enjoy this film the way I wanted to enjoy it. I had a really bad, horrible time with this. I went in with high expectations of this film and I should have hit with lower expectations, but still Morbius for me is my number 10.
2: Wow. Malcolm's I thought you had, had that much higher. That was my number four worst of the year. No,
1: no, 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 no. There was something that I went based on my level of angry <laughs> of how angry I was reviewing something. I actually have something more oh. that, uh, on my list. Yeah, this movie this is like, actually I, medium
2: I, level. I, I of read this one and I'm like, "Damn it! I wish I had my money back." After running this one, the openings like the the title sequence, purple. Where the heck is purple? Where is the purple in this? Seriously, you no. Know, like this was this was garbage. Like I liked the opening. I thought the opening was cool and that. But again, you know, I just from the trailers, I knew this movie was going to be bad. I just had this feeling that this movie was going to be bad, and yet I still felt like watching it. And man. I wish I didn't. Tyrese Gibson, I'm sorry. And you outside the Fast and Furious should just be a giant circle with an X through it. Well,
1: not only that, but the cops. Well, here's the thing: they're horrible cops. Mm -hmm. They're both horrible cops at what they do. Yeah, if there's like a '90s sitcom of Forever Night, these would these two detectives would be the horrible cops in within that '90s universe.
2: Yeah. Anyway, there was so much that didn't work with this. Like again. Like, again, like, Jared Leto, I mean, yeah, he wasn't the problem. But the CGI was absolutely horrendous. The The ending was stupid. The post-credit sequence was stupid. It was really cringeworthy with seeing the Matt Smith dance. And when he has the legs and he's doing that creepy dance, I'm like, okay, that is cringeworthy. Tim McGuire, your dance in Spider-Man 3, you're awesome. That is awesome. That isn't cringeworthy because that was hilarious and that that worked. Because Spider-Man 3 was a successful movie at the box office. This was not. I did not feel like more time watching this stupid movie. Like, again, like, there's so much was so much bad about this. And again, a vampire movie, No Blood, that was kind of dumb. I guess there's so much about this movie that's just bad, 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 bad. This movie's just bad. That's why it's not my number four. But yeah, I just, it's just bad. Sums up, bad. All right, um... My number 10 was actually John's number one favorite movie. Uh, my number 10 was everywhere, everything, everywhere all at once. I wanted to like this movie. It just didn't work. And I think for me it didn't. I felt a little weird for a minute, especially the the uh hot dog hand sequence. I thought that was really like that. Like that <laughs> one kind of like well, I, I thought I was getting an international martial arts kind of movie, and there has there was some martial arts in it. I don't know, and I like Michelle Yo. But I think the, the the big thing that I liked out of this was the uh, the, the the actor that plays the husband, like that played the husband. He's awesome. And just to find out who the who uh, what other movies he's been in, to find out he was short round in the original Indiana Jones movie in the Temple of Doom. That was awesome. Like that was awesome to see, and then see the photo with him and Harrison Ford together. That is was like. Oh that is such a cool moment to have him and Harrison Ford back together, hugging. And then just to hear his backstory is like, you're rooting for the actor in this one. Like you're rooting for him as an independent actor. He wasn't given any work and, and this to see, and it's like, I hope he wins. I, I didn't like this movie. It was, it was disappointing because I was expecting more from it, but I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for Michelle Yo, because they're, you just you just want to root for them, and I think again, like I didn't like the movie, but I'm just rooting for them. It, there's the stuff that didn't work for me. Again, I felt the hot dog hands world thing that really threw me out. Like, just took me out. Like, I get it, it's a multiverse, but that was very cringeworthy for me. And That's why I was like, it didn't work for me, and that's fine. But I'm 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 rooting for for them. Whoever was involved with this movie to hopefully get more work down the line because he, he he's like yeah yeah I I, I have it a ten um but yeah again i don't know it just it just didn't work for me and that's fine again that's why i have it at 10 it's very low it's not high because i have way worse movies than this and we'll get into it but again for me it just it didn't work um because i couldn't find. and I, I and there was not much other stuff i hated I, I, I didn't hate this movie i'm not saying that like don't quote me i did not You're just disappointed me. basically I'm just disappointed because i was expecting a little bit more from it And, again, I didn't know what to expect going into this. But, again, the hot dog world thing kind of threw me off, threw me a little bit for a loop, and I was, like, taken away from it a little bit.
1: Well, I understood the purpose of it, but I understand why that part wouldn't work because of the fact that it's maybe a little over the top for you. Mm -hmm. But for me, it worked. So, I understand in a way. Um, So, number nine, I had Thor Love and Thunder. I went into this movie because I loved Thor Ragnarok. And I forgot, Taika Watiti directed Thor Ragnarok. He did not write Thor Ragnarok. So that was my that was the problem with this film. Had he just directed this film and not write the film, it would have been a better film. But no, you have the stupid sheep's and goats in this movie. Uh. And those were the most annoying things in the movie. <laughs> uh-uh. If they had stuff, if Tamika or you sent me that stupid goat as a plush, as a gag gift, I'll be sending that right back to you. Because, (laughs) because seriously, I did not like this movie. The best part was whenever they crashed into Christian Bale's planet. And then I'm like, oh, good. They probably died. And then they were still alive. Like, Well, crap. And then you also have the whole entire gag jokes of the orgy. And Zeus, I made him a comical Saturday Night Live special when Zeus is supposed to be the god of thunder, and you're having him do all this stuff. And I was wanting him to be threatening. I wanted him to have his lightning bolt, which he does, and then he gets killed because of Thor. And then I thought that Christian Bale was going to kill Zeus because he's supposed to be the person that is supposed to be the god, who the person who kills the gods, and he doesn't even kill a single god. In this movie, other than one god in the very beginning, and that was it. And then you have uh, this other part that was actually stupid as well. Whenever doors going over there talking to the kids, and he has this vision, and he's and the kids are like, "Oh no, be careful!" Christian Bill's character is going to be coming. Like, where where does he come? There's no threatening part here. He does not even you think that because of the fact that the kid he's in there uh, with the kids that. Maybe uh, he would actually come. No, he does not come at all. And Christian Bale was underutilized in this film. He could have been a whole lot more menacing. Then when you get to the part where you actually have uh, the whole entire dynamic between Thor and his love interest whenever she comes back with Natalie Portman and stuff like that. But the cancer part, by the time you get done with the jokes, the cancer part doesn't even work because you had to get through all the jokes to get to that part. And it does not work. I did not enjoy this movie like I wanted to. I was totally let down with it. Good, I'm I'm happy that people enjoyed it, but I didn't. I was questioning my. Uh, to be honest with you, I was questioning about walking out of the theater. And then I was like, then I was so like, you know what? I'm already invested. I went and saw 30 minutes, but I might as well go ahead and choke myself out and watch the rest of this. So that's what I did. <laughs>
2: that's a little harsh but whatever <laughs> like poking yourself <laughs> out of a movie then i was like <laughs> that's a, well that's a little over exaggerating on that one
1: <laughs> well maybe the sleep a halt maybe somebody should just put me in a sleep a halt and maybe adam sandler should have put me in a sleep a halt and made me sleep the whole time just like i did in paranormal activity but anyways <laughs> what's sure <your?
2: laughs> all right my number nine um it's a, it's a movie called Memory, which came out, uh, I think it was the start of Lean Neeson. Um, uh, was a really cool premise, and I really liked it. it so uh, Lee Neeson's the assassin. So again, it's typical Lee Neeson. Again, I'm a fan of his, whatever. Um, and he's losing his memory. And I think it's a uh, big focus point is, like he's in the he's not in it. Like he's not the focal point of it. It's like the guy Pierce. So they're trying to find, um, I think Lee Neeson's like trying to find out like before losing his memory who killed us brother or something along those lines or something along, i forgot it was been a while since i've seen this movie um it was it's on my list because the ending was a downer in a sense that i'm like i wasn't expecting that. and i was like it has kind of ended in a sense um i mean like there's some good action sequences of lean neeson looking like when he like as an assassin he's badass like like lean neeson's badass but, when he, but the whole losing the memory aspect to it kind of took you out of it and it's just like it ended up being a downer for me a little bit. I mean, and the guy Pierce was okay in it. And, um but some of the action sequences were really cool. Um But yeah, um, the, the ending, the ending being the downer is something that the big thing I remember from it. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's why it's on my list.
1: I gotcha. Um, so I didn't see that movie. So I hadn't had to it. Um So let's see. Malcolm says, I'm not sure about a good chunk of jokes and drag. Here's the thing with riding a rock though. When you look at jokes and look at humor, whenever you look at that, people use humor as a coping mechanism to actually help them cope with a loss or a death or something that they're coping with. So that part works with uh, Ragnarok because Thor went through a lot in Ragnarok. And this one, it just does not land as heavy as I would like to. But still, I'm glad that people enjoyed Thor. It just wasn't my cup of tea. Uh, So number eight, I have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse Multiverse of Madness, and I thought – and I'm going to agree with Malcolm. I thought that Everywhere All at Once actually handles the time travel and the multiverse better than this. Um, The cameo with Professor Xavier, I did not fanboy like I wanted to. I wish that they would have actually kept that out of the trailer. I thought that we didn't earn that right with Wanda – or anything like that at the very beginning, even though we did have Vision, I just didn't really feel like that we earned that right of the fact that she's this villain yet. I thought that would be a little bit more of a build-up towards that part. And then House of M, this was supposed to be like the House of M, and it just, it just doesn't work. It just does not deliver for me, even with all the casualties that she winds up killing. The uh, oversaturated, and get this. I know that there's supposed to be a lot of CGI and stuff like that. A little bit of the CGI kind of took me out of it, especially the very beginning. It just kind of looked like kind of bulky in a sense, but that's just me on the way that I'm looking at it. But when you look at the characters that they introduced, which is also part of that uh, what what if storyline, which is something that I totally understood where they were getting that from. I just feel like those and I understand that why those characters were there. They were only there for a short time, not to motivate the plot, but just as mentioned, the fact, hey, look, these are the characters that we talked about, but they're not going to be here for long. They only belong in this one set universe and things like that. So I was fine with that. But as far as the storytelling, as far as the overall direction, as far as the fact that this is supposed to be a horror movie, I was expecting a lot more from it. I was actually hoping that Nightmare would have been in this. I thought that Sam Raimi would have been a better good choice for this film. And then you wind up doing a Sam Raimi movie instead of a Doctor Strange movie. It was like a Sam Raimi movie featuring Doctor Strange, in my opinion. But still, I just didn't care for it. But anyways, let's move on. Uh, that's just my.
2: I mean, fine. I, I love the addition. And again, the thing that made me like kind of geek out the most was hearing the like the, the iconic Charlie Staring voice. The scene her bringing her in the MCU, I think that was kind of cool. So I was like, oh holy crap, they got Charlie Staring to join the MCU. I thought that was cool because. I'm a huge fan of hers. I love, I love her action, but the fact that they got her the MCU again, I thought that was cool. But that was just add on to it. Um, okay, my number eight I had Death on the Nile. That's just the sequel to Murder and the Orient Express. The movie was, this movie was boring as heck. Highly predictable. Like it, you knew instantly who the killers were, and again, it was the build up to the killers. I'm like, there's no build up. I knew who it was. I knew I knew Gal Gadot's character was gonna die. Like I knew a lot of people were like, "Oh, other, she's gonna, ew, yeah, she's yeah," because she was she was dead in the trailer. Like a lot of it was I, again. I mean, I liked Murder of the Orient Express; it was all right. This one was bland. I like I've seen this. If you want a better version of this, go watch *Die's Out*. If you want, maybe you want a better time at a like seeing a movie, watch that. But if you are into this stuff, sure. I mean, there is not much else I can say. It was just boring and bland and predictable.
1: Be honest with you, this is my number one. Oh, wow. I was bored out of my mind out of this movie. And I'm glad I didn't pay for it. I'm glad I watched this on HBO Max. I actually fell asleep watching this film because of how boring and how dried out it was. And you said it's predictable. I didn't even know what was going on in the movie, maybe because I fell asleep. But this movie wasn't for me. And I was, I like the fact that it was like an all star cast. Things like that. It just doesn't land as hard as it did with Glass Onion or Knives Out. And I, those two movies were the to be honest with you, if you're looking for a great two great detective films of who done it, those are the ones that I'm gonna end up turning people to is yeah. the Knives Out stuff. This movie, it was boring, it was dry, there was no nothing there, it was very wooden, it just didn't feel like it moved anywhere or did anything. I felt like I was actually bored out of my mind on this. Ride on this journey in this um, quest with them to the point where I just didn't care.
2: I mean, I had COVID. and I watched this movie and I was still bored. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not kidding. I had COVID when this, when I watched this movie, and I, I knew instantly who it was. And, like, and again, I was just like, yeah, you know, this is like this is a way too long of a movie. But I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this this movie was bad.
1: Okay, so. Now I have a horror movie on my list. And that movie is Halloween Ends. I like the first Halloween movie because of the slow buildup and the different things that they've done. And yes, they did little nostalgia, nostalgia things with Halloween. I thought Blumhouse was a smart move for them. And then you got Halloween Kills, which sucked. And then you have Halloween Ends.
2: Hey, and Corey. Halloween- <laughs> <laughs> and
1: then you have Corey, where nobody <laughs> cares about Corey. Corey wants to watch the world burn. And then he has a girlfriend. He goes, "Hey, do you want to watch the world burn?" And I'm just going to name this character Topanga because I don't even remember what uh, this girl's name is in the movie. I know it's Lori's granddaughter, so I'm just going to call her Topanga because I don't really care about who this girl is. So he looks at Topanga, Corey does, and Halloween ends. He says, "Hey, want to watch the world burn?" Yes, I want to watch the world burn. I got, let's, I got the match. I'm like, what, boy, during the world. hold on hold on it gets better. it gets well it gets worse um michael myers michael myers is not even in this movie he's hiding in a sewer for crying out loud then Corey goes down to the sewer because he's sick of life sick of everybody michael and then he decides that he's gonna try and be like michael myers he winds up poor michael he's just a senior citizen at this point he's like 80 years old And he's living down in the store and just living his life. Don't even care about killing people anymore. He's just down there just on retirement because his home's gone. So what does Corey do? He beats the crap out of the senior citizen, Michael Myers, and takes his mask. I'm like, wait, Michael would never let you take his mask. And then I'm like, are you trying to actually reboot this movie with Corey? That's what I thought. I thought he was they were trying to uh reboot this franchise with Corey as the next Michael Myers for this next generation. I'm like, please tell me they're not doing this, please tell me they're not doing this. I remember ranting and everything, and my wife's just looking at me like, Are you okay? I'm like, no, I am not okay. I am not okay right now. And <laughs> she goes, Okay. And then Corey winds up dying. And I'm happy that he died. I'm like, well, Lori kills him, and then what they do with Michael Myers at the end is co- totally against what Michael Myers is, as the shape and everything, too, the way she kills him, but you have this build-up where you're supposed to be hoping that uh, Michael and Lori would actually face off. That doesn't happen until, like, later on in the movie. So when you have this action sequence between them, and then also, too, that horrifying uh, part with, with the uh, garbage disposal, stuff like that, um that was like the only good thing about this film. I really didn't like it. I was hoping that I would actually buy the Blu-ray to redeem the shit show that I got from um, from Halloween Kills. But Nope, here's shit on a platter and here's shit on a platter again. So guess what? There you go. In a nutshell. So, what's your next one?
2: <laughs> Alright, my number seven. I had The Northman. This movie to me was boring as hell. It felt like I was watching the Revenant over again instead of instead of that like and unlike The Revenant, which had bear rape, which actually made it redeemable. This movie was boring. I don't know, I was watching it and I was like, Okay, like I I get it. They are trying to show stuff and again it's just like you know, it was more of a visual. So like it didn't do anything for me. And I didn't really like that. and I want to really play like 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 enhance my experience of be a viking. I'll go play Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I get a much better experience out of this one. This movie, was just it didn't work for me at all. And again, it didn't I know a lot of people didn't work for them. They, yeah, they liked it, but like yeah, um yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, it was just bad. It was boring. I didn't like the performances. Um everybody was just bad. I mean, the only one that was kind of cool was the Anya Taylor-Joy. I liked her character. Hayden Nicole Kidman, um, Ed Norton, like not Ed Norton, uh Ethan Hawke. He went out, like got killed early. <sighs> this movie just didn't work for me. It felt like I was watching 2020's ver- 2022's version of the Revenant, with no bear rape. Like <laughs> that, that that was how I got the experience. I was like, I was like when I was watching it, I was like, man, I'm watching the Revenant again. And there's no no there was no like Leo performance. And that, that that was, that was, that was the, the this movie just didn't work for me. And yeah, if you liked it, sure, that's fine. Just It just didn't for me. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's the Northman for me. The Revenant about bear rape, pretty much. And yeah, I mean, I don't condone bear rape, but I mean, that was the only reason I saw the Revenant, just to see Leo, to see how far the bear got. I mean, that, that was, that, that was me at this point. I'm like, sure, is this going to win? Like, like, I don't even know if this was nominated for visuals. I don't know. I don't care. This movie just didn't work for me. Like, the scars Guard again, the only one I really liked was Anya Taylor-Joy. Um, so that was the Northman for me. Um, next movie I'll get into for a little bit longer right now. Um, my number six, and then John can go into six once um, in, in a bit. Uh, my number six was Jurassic Park Dominion. Um, this movie was just a rehash of all the other ones. I was bored out of my mind watching this in the theaters like I didn't oh cool everybody's back I figured there'd be a lot more a better storyline um that ties them all together this one was kind of like here here they are here's the other group oh here here we're all together yeah really could have done a so much better plot than that to get them get these two the two different groups together really this is this is what you came up with. I don't care that this movie made a billion dollars. It was like it didn't work for me at all. Um, I thought like again the plot was very formulaic. It was the exact same one. Rich, rich a hole decides. Oh yeah, I want to control of all the dinosaurs. So um, I want to control them. Like again, not not like the original creator or like the original creator of, of in the original Jurassic Park. He's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna have all these together. But some other guy, but the other rich person has a motive. Oh yeah, let's control these dinosaurs. Yeah, make them do our bidding. Oh, let's uh, let's 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 show our show our hands and just be evil dictators or whatever. I don't care. I don't know the name. Um, yeah, let's control all this. Let's like let's now let's use this to harm people or just to get more money. Oh, okay, the bad guy gets it at the end. I it, it was very formulaic, like. I mean, I thought the only cool scene in this movie was the motorcycle chase sequence with the tractor, with the, uh, the, the, the tractor, ter- uh, teresa- uh, I don't even know these donut dinosaurs names. Like I've seen them, but I just can't remember anyway. Like Triceratops, like seeing that, seeing that big chase in London, I thought that was cool. Um, that couldn't save the movie. Fat guy getting eaten by, uh, by a huge dinosaur. Again, that made me laugh. That couldn't save this movie um again seeing the the old cast and the new cast back together yeah that was cool i guess i don't know it, was, it just seemed forced um i didn't i don't i'm not a hu- i wasn't a huge fan of the jurassic world series to be honest and i just saw this one just to for the sake of seeing something because i was just getting over covid and i need to get out of the house so i just saw and, and that's why that's what this is i mean i'll go more in depth in this a little bit when john gets back but um but yeah so again i don't recommend jurassic world dominion i thought that was it was bland formulaic dumb what was the point of it like i get it like you're trying to get the cast from the original all back together in this one but how they all come together i thought it was kind of dumb cheesy um stuff like that i guess um but yeah um that was my number five um my number four, um, yeah, no, that was my number six, um, and we talked about it my number four for a little bit, um, that was Morbius, but that was, that was dumb, and I'll get into my number five in a bit, but just to go back on the, uh, the, the Northmen, yeah, that was, like I said, it was the Revenant, it was the Revenant, but Viking style, um, didn't have any likable characters, um, except for the Anya Taylor-Joy, um, the 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 fight scene at the end was kind of cool with the volcanic uh, on there like that so that visual was pretty cool um this movie just didn't have enough viking action in it and i was kind of hoping for it um because again if you're vikings i figured some action sequences i thought that would be pretty cool um there there just wasn't and yeah it was brutal a lot of stuff was brutal and that but i don't know could have been could have been done a lot better a lot of his photos could be could have been a lot better um so yeah that was back to the that was the northman and again my number six was uh was jurassic world dominion again that was his bad bland formulaic that kind of stuff um i'll go into my number five um and i'll go back into it when sean gets back but my number five was the batman um this movie was boring um yeah it didn't work for me i watched this when i had COVID, and i still don't want to watch this again i knew this was i wasn't going to be a fan of this one to begin with but i watched it just for the sake of watching it this movie felt like a four-hour movie that just would not end like every time i think oh thank god the movie's over it wasn't it just kept going and going and going and going like i'm not a huge robert pattison fan i didn't like his batman Again, I'm not a fan of his. I thought the, um, I thought Alfred was definitely wasted of a character. Why did they include him in this movie? Like, there was no point. He didn't do anything except blow up. Like they could have. There's so much better ways they could have done it. gotten Alfred involved. I get it. This was him when Bruce was young. But still, just to blow him up for the sake of blowing him up. Like, yeah, that really. Well, that was a great idea. Um. That one I didn't. I did not like the casting for for Catwoman at all. I I did like. I thought there were so many better people they could have chosen for Catwoman. There was no chemistry at all between Bruce and and Selina. Absolutely none. The pun you have a lot of cats that didn't work. Um, that that absolutely did not work at all. Um, I I, I thought a lot of the jokes were forced. Um, I didn't like the, like the Riddler was okay, but it's not my Riddler, I guess. I, I don't know. It's just, this, the pacing was just really bad, really slow. It just, yeah, there's just so much about this movie for me that absolutely did not work. The car chase sequence, which everybody's like, oh, it's the best one. No, i I saw it all in the trailer. There was nothing to come out of this one, honestly. Um, sure, the world is dark. Um, but I and, you know, they set up a sequel. I'm like, I don't want to see a sequel. Like, I, it just, yeah, there was just nothing good to come out of this one for me. It just was boring. And, like, if this is where DC's going. I don't like its future. Um, because if they're canceling everything else, like, and keeping this, I'm like, it's not getting my money. Um, there was just so much stuff that just didn't work. Um, yeah, just like for the Batman, it just didn't work for me. Worked for you guys, that's great. Yeah, just, just there was just a lot of it that just didn't work. Honestly, like, um, and I'll go more about it in depth once, when, uh, when, like, once when John gets back online. But yeah, that was my number. That was that was my number. Sorry, I forgot what my list. There's so much I had on here. Um, sorry, just a sec. Yeah, that was my number f- five. And then we talked about Morbius a little bit. And I thought that that was as bad. <laughs> that that was just epically bad. Um yeah. Um, but yeah. Um so that was that was that. But anyway, the bat back to Batman. Like sure like Colin Farrell as the penguin, but I don't know if I want to see more. Like again, maybe I might want to see more. I don't know. It really depends on where we're going. I definitely want to see a new new person for Selena Kyle. Um, I definitely want to see somebody new. I was, I was, I was hoping for Anya, to, um, on uh, a day, Ar- I thought she would have been a perfect, Catwoman. I just, I've seen a bunch of other movies with Zoe Kravitz, and, Krabbe, and just, she's just not good, not a good actress. I don't care. It just didn't work. Like she's just not good. And I thought the her little ink arc, whatever, in the story just didn't work. And it's not Selena Kyle for me. Um, I my personal favorite was Anne Halfway in The Dark Knight Rises, but then again, that's just, that's my personal opinion on that. Um, I thought like again, I thought it was just like the, the some of the soundtrack was okay, but the pacing was just the big aspect that really kind of like I got angered with because it just was too slow. Again, I've seen detective movies that are just as long but move pretty pretty at a brisk pace. This one just didn't. This move this kept this kept going on and on and on like an energizer but the downer energizer bunny that wants to keep bringing down and down and down and down. It's yeah, it absolutely just didn't work. Um, for me. Um yeah, that was that was the Batman. Again, I don't recommend it, but if you liked it, that's great. Um yeah, and then again we talked about Morbius earlier on. Morbius was as bad. Um don't recommend that one. Um, I'll go into a little bit. Or my number three, and I'm pretty sure John has this on his list too. And this one deserves a rant, but I'm not going to rant. Um, my number three was "Don't Worry, Darling," and this movie was set up to fail from the get go. But, but yeah, "Don't Worry, Darling" was set up to fail from when they first announced it by Olivia Wilde. Her calling it the mixture a mixing of Inception and The Matrix. When you're when you quote your movie as a mixture of The Matrix and Inception, your movie better be as good. And boy, was it not good. I want to see more. I the movie I would see out of this. I want to see if they make a behind the scenes movie of the, the the crap that happened behind the scenes with this. I would pay money to see that. I would pay money to see that. Because I because this, this functionality behind the scenes of making of this movie was way more entertaining than actually watching this movie. This is all this functionality between Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles, how Harry Styles is getting paid more money than the highlight of the movie. Um, Florence Pugh, Her she deserves so much more money than what she got for this one. She was the highlight of this movie. She was good. She was the only good part. I liked her, and I like Chris Pine. But the whole Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde situation, the whole fact that Olivia Wilde got served, um, because, uh, served by, like, by, uh, got served by her husband, like, by her ex-husband, um, like, while, wow, like, and then uh, how he had no idea that she was getting served while she was promoting the movie. I thought that was hysterical, um that she was dating the main star of the movie, Harry Styles. There's just, there's so much behind the scenes drama with this movie. And I wanted to see that more than actually watching this. Cause I was watching this movie. I was like, what, what, what am I watching? What am I watching? Like, again, again, I said, Forrest Pugh's the highlight. She is the highlight. And Chris Pine's the highlight. There's the only two people that were good in this movie. And I was like, I was like, I was aware of what I was watching. And then, then the rest of the movie happened and then he, Harry Styles' performance was uh, atrocious during this whole movie. Absolutely atrocious. He was getting paid more money than Florence Pugh, and he can't even at- cry properly. Seriously, that scene maybe that was a spit take but him crying. I'm like, seriously, Th- this is what you call crying in a movie? Come on. And then the and then the whole like the 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 reveal of the story of what the what actually happened in it, it was just like what like okay and then the the ambiguous ending really you really it to end it like this sure you want to say this is like inception but the inception ending was pretty much there there's talked about about like what's gonna what what is real what isn't you hear her wake up and then you realize she and then and then like oh okay sh- so she's okay right i don't know i don't care i'm pretty sure she's not okay <laughs> just from like just the storyline but no the behind-the-scenes for this movie was so like was like was had more hype than the actual movie, and the the behind-the-scenes stuff is something I would pay to see. than rather than sitting through the, this two-hour flick called "Don't Worry, Darling," oh, don't worry, you need to worry because this movie's bad. And I think you just hurt your credibility at all by quoting this movie as the next great Matrix and Inception, because those are two of my favorite movies of all time. And you're quoting that you have that, and I'm like, this is just the this dysfunctionality this of Warner Brothers. That thinking they only were ahead. it had enough money to release two movies the rest of this year. This though, don't worry, darling. Black Adam. They put all their eggs in this basket, and I, I don't think they paid off for both of them, to be honest. Um, but no, don't worry, darling. Like, sure, if you want to watch it, sure watch it. What, but mainly watch it for Florence Pugh. She. She was fantastic in this movie. She deserves more moving forward. And Chris Pine, Chris Pine's great in this, and everybody else is just everybody is just, just there. Like Nick Kroll was there, and I'm like, okay, I didn't know he was acting. I know he's just a comedian, but I don't know he I didn't know he was able to act because I couldn't tell a difference if he was just being a comedian or just acting. It's hard to tell. Um, Gemma Chan. I didn't even know she was in it because um, she's barely in it. Um, and, of course, Olivia Wilde's in it. But, like, the the, the, the twist, though, isn't really a twist. And, um, yeah, that, 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 that was that's pretty much don't worry, darling. Again, we'll probably go more in depth in a little bit afterwards. And then, um, so I'll just go ahead and move on forward. Um, my number two. Um, I have The Man from Toronto. This was a movie on Netflix. Um, this was terrible. This movie stars Kevin Hart and Woody Harrelson. and Essentially, uh, Woody Harrelson is this top well-known um, assassin, interrogator, torturer, or some along those lines. And he's really good at his job. So I will just say an assassin or whatever. And... Kevin Hart gets mixed up with uh, gets uh, gets mixed up by staying at his B and B, and everybody thinks he's the man from Toronto.
1: Be honest with you, Charlie. Ours is, my number six is the same as your number six, but Jurassic Park Dominion. Okay, so that's actually pretty funny because when normally our stuff is doesn't match mm. sometimes when it comes down to our numbers. Yeah, but uh, I had a lot of issues with this. You have. That subplot with the mosquitoes, and then you also have basically at the very beginning Fast and the Furious featuring dinosaurs at the very beginning with a heist job trying to steal a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. It was just felt like it was all over the place. It didn't know where it wanted to be at. You have these legendary characters mixed in with this new cast members and stuff like that. The chemistry just does not mix well to me at all and i just didn't really care for the story that they were trying to tell i do appreciate the fact that they actually gave us malcolm again i do appreciate the fact that you know these legendary characters come back but there's no main threat when it comes down to the legendary characters or the new characters there's no threat you already know that they're going to make it out this thing alive chris pratt is basically carrying the franchise and things like that so there's no threat of anybody dying it felt like a cartoon where everybody's just running around and everybody's surviving with dress park dominion so that's my number six for Jurassic park dominion
2: yeah that a little bit i thought it was just a kind of a, like god that's just lazy writing. how oh we're all here let's just all put them all together yeah this is how they all meet and then again i said fat guy getting eaten by a scoot- fat guy on scooter getting eaten by dinosaur was the highlight of the movie for me and it was that small one second i was waiting for that movie the whole time after it was gone i'm like oh it's gone but yeah, that, that was my yeah. I, I I I don't know. I thought it was very formulaic. I like I've seen okay. this movie before.
1: Okay, so if you're looking for a better version of Pinocchio, I recommend Delmo Del Toro's version of Pinocchio. And it had a better storytelling. It was very good pacing. We already talked about this for the top ten yes. best. But when you look at this movie, we have Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is a great actor. He's playing Geppetto, and it just looks like they put on a gray wig on him and say, be Geppetto now. And he's Geppetto. He doesn't do the Italian accents. He doesn't do anything like that. They also changed the wheel that is supposed to be a wheel. Instead, they wind up doing some ocean creature. Don't get me wrong. Delmo Del Toro does it. But it was more fitting for the story that he was trying to tell versus the story, which is a rehash of the Disney cartoon of what they were trying to go for. And they changed that up. I didn't like the musical numbers within this movie or anything like that. They even tried doing the origin story of Geppetto and why he created the puppet, which I like Guillermo del Toro does a fantastic job of laying that groundwork and better than this. I really didn't care for Pinocchio. At the very beginning, I felt like, OK, well, you have the Pinocchio puppet. It actually feels like Pinocchio. It actually has that. But no, it just doesn't deliver whenever you look at that that film. And then you also have... Let's see here, that was my number five. Number four is Don't Worry Darling. Don't worry, darling, because I'm not going to see this freaking movie anymore because this movie is stupid. And I, don't get me wrong, I love 1950s. I love the fact that you're having this, this set piece and stuff like that. I also like Chris Pine. Chris Pine was the standout in this movie. Harry Harry Styles... I, and I said this in my review. I think that the reason why he felt wooden was because of the fact that he's being controlled by Chris Pine. And he's basically just a puppet for Chris Pine and his character. And that might be a little far-fetched, but if that's where you're going with, that's what I would go with as to why he's wooden in this movie. He does not deliver in this movie at all. Chris Pine is actually the standout in this film. As a matter of fact, Shia Buff quit this film. Um, but... I like the overall fact of the 1950s. I like the layout of that. I also like the fact that these guys are going over there to provide for their families, but you don't know what it's about. Then they're saying, oh, this is going to be changing things up. This is going to be our Matrix. This is not even close to Matrix level at all. And then you have a very bland ending on the way it ends. And I'm like, no, this is not what I liked about the. And the cinematography is fantastic. Cinematography worked Everything within this film worked in a sense, but it was not good. I did not like it. no none of the characters were really likable in this movie. They're very snobby mm-hmm. um they Chris Pine plays this guy who thinks that he has the best interest for these people within this sub suburbia of the 1950s and i I just didn't really I didn't really find this movie that interesting. no. I had it my number
2: three. I said, I would pay money to see the behind-the-scenes movie of this. Because that behind-the-scenes is what really that. But the other big selling point of this movie was Florence Pugh. She was fantastic in this movie. Um, but no, it's like when you compare this movie as the mate to The Matrix and Inception, you better deliver. You did not deliver. That's why it was my number three. It was bad. And the ending, like you said, it was dumb. I'm like, oh, is she going to get out? No. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. There's no oh. thinking about this. She's chained she's got the thing that's sewed into her (laughs) eye and she's chained there's no getting out of this one plus the mobs coming after him like she's screwed it's pretty obvious there's no ambiguous to this it's like that and again her and chris pine were the highlights and i said harry styles learn how to cry come on like in that that scene where she's getting taken out of the car like dude seriously i want to punch you in the freaking face you're just a little bitch
1: and also, too, this also has like a Twilight Zone kind of vibe to it with the red suits and stuff like that, which is something that I like, but still, it doesn't deliver the aspects that I like outweigh the negatives, yeah, and everything was, in this. I,
2: it, was my, it was my number three, so that's why I mean, I had it pretty high, but because it, it, it was bad.
1: <laughs> okay, my number three is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> and the reason. Being it's not because everybody's saying, Oh, it's woke or anything like that. I, it's the overall story in itself, in the stupid stuff that they do in this movie. You have a legendary character, remember, Charlie, whenever I said about the legendary characters for Dress World Dominion, yeah, you have a survivor who survived in the 1970s against Leatherface and everything, and then you kill her, you kill her. Okay, so you didn't learn anything from the 1970s and you got killed? Uh, whoever wrote this is a dumbass because they did not understand who that legendary character is. Or, and then she's shooting at Leatherface. I'm sorry, but shooting a shotgun at him is not going to work. He also picked you up with a chainsaw and gee, and picking her up and shaking her, and then the last thing she does is take a shot of her shotgun. What? It, it was dumb the way they handled the legendary character. They also, um, even though the one of the main characters is something that I really liked about the main character or whatever, uh, uh, but it was the overall story and the direction that they chose to go in for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that I didn't like. Same reasons why I didn't like Halloween Ends. So, for that, I actually had to pick um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So that's my number three. My number two is Hocus Pocus 2. And don't get me wrong, Hocus Pocus 1 is not a masterpiece by any way or fashion or anything like that. But it did not feel like a Halloween uh, movie at all. At least the first one was very atmospheric where you actually could tell that these kids are actually enjoying themselves trick-or-treating and things like that. Nothing actually felt like it was a Halloween movie. It was only revolved around four people. There was no other kids around them. We had this house party going on. You have then the the only standout was the Zumba's the Roombas and then also too the Swifter and things like that that Shadow of Jessica Parker was on those were the only things that I laughed about. Other than that, it what it was it just was forced humor. Storytelling wasn't its best. Don't get me wrong, like I said, but the first film wasn't the best story uh, best movie, but. You have the feel of the fact that this is Halloween. We have the fact that these kids are trick or treat. You have all that going in, and then you don't deliver on anything else, and then you even have the past history with the Sanderson sisters too. And no wonder, and it took them over thirty years to make this film. And also too, with the first film, it didn't really make much money at the box office, which is also why they didn't even put any thought into making a second film. So therefore, what do they do? Well, we know that this film is not going to be that great. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to put this on streaming on Disney Plus now. And that's what they did. And I just, this movie was not for me. I'm thinking that this is like an age thing where basically it's not this, where I actually know as an adult, this, this movie uh, franchise, if they actually call it a franchise and everything, this is no longer for me anymore. I have the first one. And that's great. I'll have the first one to remember it. But yeah, I just didn't really care for that. And of course, my number one is the not the death on the Nile or the okay. death of the boredom of the Nile. But yeah.
2: So anyway, my number two going back was the, my number two is the Man from Toronto. Um, okay, don't let's stop putting Kevin Hart in stuff. Put Kevin Hart in comedies. That's strictly comedy. That stuff. Do not put him in an action movie.
1: Just well. I'm gonna tell. You, I don't know if you know who was gonna be originally in that movie.
2: Who I forgot.
1: Jason Statham was actually gonna be the one, the person that was gonna be in that movie. Then they replaced him with Woody Harrelson.
2: I think mean, that. I mean, I love, I love my boy Statham. That would have been way worse. That would have made this worse because Kevin Hart is an idiot. Anyway, Kevin Hart is, is like is like mistaken for an assassin called the Man from Toronto. No, just no, 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 no. This movie was crap. Absolutely. I was bored out of my mind and Kevin and Woody Harrelson wanted to kill Kevin Hart. Anytime he was on the two of them were on scene. I'm pretty sure Woody Harrelson, you're like, can I just shoot him? Seriously. Can I just shoot him? Because Kevin Hart is there. Everybody was, there was no chemistry at all in this whole movie. It was just bad, bad, bad. Like there was the action sequences were poorly shot all I remember was just getting pissed off watching this movie and like, can this end? Can that just end? Like seriously, let's if you put Kevin Hart and Mark Wahlberg in a comedy that works. Called Me Time that worked. Kevin Hart is an action hero does not work. All right, can you get this for your head studios? Like it was on Netflix. All right, are you writing this down? Stop putting Kevin Hart in action movies. It doesn't work. Just just the stop because it it, it, it was like. Woody Harrelson was the only highlight, I guess. There was no highlight of this movie. It was bad. Definitely avoid it if this is my number two. Now, the moment you've all been waiting for, what is my number one worst movie of the year? Okay, it's a movie called Eraser Reborn. Okay, this is I think, oh, is this a theater? No, this was a direct-to-video. Oh, but it may not be from a major studio. No, this was Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers was the distributor for this movie. Okay, yeah, I bet they pictured this. All right, get this. We're gonna make like, everybody loves the original racer, right? With Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, let's just reboot the whole thing. But when we reboot it, we're gonna we're gonna steal elements from the original movie and just put in this movie and call it new. That's exactly what this movie is. It's a complete rehash of the original 1996 actioner. Some girl sees something. Oh, some guy from Witsec. Oh, none of the characters are. Have any names or anything regarding Eraser? Nothing. No Kruger. None of that. They just called it Eraser Reborn, but there's no aspects that were, had the original Eraser. Na- n- nothing. Nothing. There's no name. Absolutely. They but they wrote to the studio. I right, get this. You want this? We're just going to do this whole thing again. Okay. We're going to have the girl. He 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 ends up getting with her at the end. He likes her. Instead of protecting her, he he blows himself up fakely just so he can kiss her at the end. Like, yeah, get that. We're going to have her wear the same outfit as Vanessa Williams did in 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 the 1996 one towards the end of the movie where she's captured. Same outfit, same orange, same pants, everything. All right. That exp- the iconic explosion where, oh, I'm going to put my gun down. I'm going to get shot in the arm. Oh, oh, my God. I got to I got to I got to I gotta hold my arm while grabbing onto a container while it's going up in the conveyor belt going up in the like uh, a container fly going up while there's an explosion happening in the background. OK, get that. It's going to be the exact same shot of Arnold. OK, so we're grabbing it. OK, we're fighting on top of the conveyor belt. Oh, girl, the girl here. Get to the side. Give me the crowbar. You've just been erased. Like, like pulling the conveyor belt down his, his, his partner or, uh, or like his mentor. Oh yeah. He, uh, he falls too. And he needs help getting up. Cause there's something on top of him. He pulls it up. He tries to betray him. This movie is the exact same thing. Just set in a different location. Everything. This movie is shit. This was garbage. I rented this. I don't know why. Warner brothers. Why the hell did you decide to go ahead and reboot this? Why, why, why? I want to go to travel to you and punch you in the face and give you, here, I want to punch you in the face for making such a stupid movie. Really, what makes you think we want to see a, see a reboot or a remake of this movie? Okay, Hollywood, listen to this. Stop remaking movies so they can get to a better audience. No one wanted a sequel to this. No one wanted a reboot. If you want to do a sequel, that's fine. Bring Arnold or somebody back. At least have some originality. Like, seriously, you guys out of pot? Because they're legalizing pot now. You could be able to have some of that so you can get some more ideas. No one wanted a remake of this movie. The original was just fine. It was an iconic movie. There's no dual pistols like that or no classic Arnoldisms. This was a shot, a complete rehash, ripoff of the original 1996 original Eraser, which is the better movie. Like, this, this, this absolutely skip this. I would have, I would, I would have been more shocked if this was like wouldn't been wouldn't have been shocked at all if this was just by an independent studio, kind of like those ones that always do the independent. But the fact that this was Warner Brothers, this is a Warner Brothers distributed movie with the same Warner Brother logo, same Warner Brother entrance into this movie. Why? What makes you think? Oh, great idea, boss. Here, let me wipe your ass too. This is such a great idea. Like, no. Not, 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 not a great idea at all. Like why, 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 why Warner Brothers? Are you just like dumb? Did you get concussed or something? Did you play NFL and get a kick? Have CTE or something to think that this was a good idea. No wonder why you ran out of money and can only afford two movies because you created this piece of garbage. Why? Like, seriously, watch the original. Avoid this. It's on HBO Max right now. Avoid this movie just avoid it don't even spend like don't waste your time watching it go watch the 1996 one of arnold you'll be much more satisfied
1: that's everything that you had to say about all the movies that you didn't like
2: yeah i believe so <laughs> i mean i went to um try to i felt like Gar from the <laughs> wayne's world I was like oh i'm having a great time not nah, like about my head <laughs> no now, anyway, no no. Like, i said whatever i had to about the batman this didn't work for me but yeah i think okay. i said everything about all the movies.
1: Well, you know, you're not the first person to say that they didn't like the Batman or anything like that. And, you know, you know, it is what it is. You know, if it worked, it worked. If it didn't, it didn't.
2: And I covered too while watching that. So that didn't help.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No. And I remember you told me that. I was like, dude, you need to go back and rewatch this. I'm like, like, no, 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 I'm not doing (laughs) it.
2: (laughs) I'm not doing that again.
1: (laughs) But there are some scenes that I do feel like that were way too long, like the graveyard scene. Was a little too long and drawn out a little bit, but other than that, though, I thought it was good. But, um, but anyways, I think that's everything that we had wanted to cover for the best and worst movies list. Um, I do appreciate everyone in the comment section, guys. You're good, I mean it. It's good to see that the chat is actually alive and it's doing well. Uh, Dorp uh, Derpy had his top ten, so what are uh, So, basically, I'm just going to read off his. We're not going to dive into any of it. But it's pretty much everything that we have mentioned. So
2: I think he had number five. I forgot. It was kind of like, I don't know if it was in top of his favorites, top five favorites. I think I saw that Northman was one of them. Um, I think it was Northman was five. Um, I know he.
1: Honorable mention for him was Guillermo del Toro's Top Gun Maverick. Number two was The Batman. Three was Avatar, Way of Water. Four, Black Phone. Least favorite was The Northmen. which was number five.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, then
1: he had uh, Morbius as the worst. Doctor Strange, Lord Love and Thunder, Jurassic World Dominion. Those were his beast. worst. Yeah, and Fantastic Beasts. And those were his five worst. Okay. Yep. So that's everything that we had wanted to cover. Thank you so much. We do appreciate it. And always until next time, guys. Have a great and safe night and have a happy new year.